Floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemmas at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, maybe you want to save some energy now that we are smack dab pretty much in the middle of winter. If uh, you've probably seen an energy bill or two that you weren't happy with, maybe we can talk about ways to reduce that. Whatever's going on your to-do list, slide it over to ours by calling us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT because we are here to help. Hey, coming up this hour with the chilly weather, do you have a room that's maybe chilly where a space heater might come in handy? Well, before you reach for the space heater, you got to make sure you're using it safely because every winter, space heaters are a leading cause of house fires, and we don't want that to happen to you. So we're going to have some tips to keep you safe in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, have you been in the market for some new stainless steel appliances and maybe the price has given you some sticker shock? Well, we're going to tell you a DIY way to get the very same look for a lot less. And if you're missing your usual supply of fresh veggies that are available in warmer weather, we're going to have some tips on how to grow fresh vegetables indoors that can keep you with a steady supply of those veggies from now until spring. And if you've been shoveling snow this winter or expect to any day now, we've got an awesome giveaway today. It's the Greenworks Pro 60-volt cordless electric snowblower. Yep, it's available at Lowe's and Lowe's.com, but we have one to give away today to one lucky listener, thanks to our friends at Greenworks. So make that you. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Joe in Pennsylvania is on the line dealing with some heating issues. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. We have a furnace. It's a propane furnace. It's about uh, it's about six, five or six years old. It's, great. it's pretty good for heating the house, but it seems like some of the rooms are hotter than others, and some of the rooms seem to be cooler. And what happens is, is there's no consistency. So uh, I have a hard time with getting everything fluctuated. So that everything stays even, and I I don't know how to adjust that so that it, it would uh, heat the house evenly. Okay, so your furnace is kind of dumb in the sense that either it's on or off, right? So that takes care of the furnace part of it. The problem here is with the duct system; it's the distribution throughout the house. This is a forced air system, Joe. So the duct system is what has to be tweaked here to get the balance just right. Now, the way you adjust the duct system is first by designing it properly, which may be the issue here, and that's kind of hard to fix without adding additional ductwork to it or rerouting things that you have. The second way you adjust it is by controlling the dampers, the duct dampers. Now, duct dampers are going to be mounted usually somewhere close to the furnace or at least at the very beginning of a duct line. And it's evidenced by a small handle on the side of the duct. And if you look at the nut and bolt that the handle is attached to, there's going to be sort of a, a flat 
slot to it. If the flat is perpendicular to the duct system, it's off. If it's going with the duct system, it's on. And you can adjust the flow with those duct dampers. And the third way you can control this is with the actual registers inside the room, whether they're opened or closed. Now, if the if those adjustments don't change anything, the other thing to look at is the return air, where the return is pulling from. The best HVAC system design has returns in every room. If you don't have both the supply and return in the same room, you're going to have a central return, usually a bigger register in the hallway near a bunch of rooms. And if you improve the airflow back to the return, that can improve the balance as well. How much you do that? Well, it could be something as simple as undercutting doors. But this is a balance issue. It has nothing to do with the fact that you have a a furnace that's a propane furnace. You know, it's going to supply heat uh, as it's designed to do, but the distribution is the issue. And it's possible also that there could be uh, uh, fan adjustments to the fan speed that could impact this. But I think it's over and above uh, what you can do when we get into the fan work and the multi-speeds and that sort of thing. That's really a job for a service professional. But you could take a look for those duct dampers and see if they exist and see if you can uh, tweak the airflow to make it a bit more comfortable. All right. I would be happy to do that. All right, Joe. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Marsha in Illinois needs some help getting a window unstuck. Tell us about it. I have a window over my sink in my kitchen, so I have to lean over the sink to raise this window. And uh, it's always been extremely hard to get up or down. And uh, I I just don't know what to do with it. I I think I've tried WD-40. Is this a wood window, Marsha? Yes, it's a wood window. So probably over the years, it's gotten bigger, swollen in its place, and it's gotten tighter in the jams. And I'll presume with paint, too, over the years that that didn't make it any better. So why don't you think about a replacement window? I mean, look, we can talk to you about taking this whole window apart and sanding down the jams and sanding down the sashes and making it easier to use and replacing the cords and the balance and all that work. But I think this would be a good time to treat yourself to a replacement window. You don't have to do all the windows in the house. You know, you can buy a double-hung replacement window in a home center today for a couple hundred bucks, and it's a pretty good quality window. So you may want to think about replacing just this one window, or in the alternative, you can pull the trim off, you can take the sashes apart, and you could sand them and sand them well, and that will make them a little bit smaller all the way around and make them easier to operate. And, of course, also make sure that the balances are working. Now, if it's an old wood window, you may have cords or chains that go up, and you want to make sure that they're still attached because that gives you a little bit of of assistance as you open and close the window. Okay. Well, uh, I appreciate your advice. I'm... uh I guess I'll have to invest in a new window. I I think it's going to be easier than all the work it would take to get the old window working. And I'm all for easy. And that's why I suggest that. Okay, Marcia? Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now, look, if you got these old windows, I mean, you can work on them and put eight, 10 hours into a window, and sure, it'll be just as good as new. But why? You know, it's still going to be an old, drafty wood window when you can go buy a double pane vinyl clad window replacement window that slips inside the existing opening and just have better energy efficiency and a window that really works tilt in to clean you know the works just doesn't make any sense you're still gonna have to reach over that sink it's just gonna be easier to work exactly did you know that americans take twenty thousand breaths a day and spend an average of 90 percent of their time indoors 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. When the weather turns snowy, we've got a great product to give away that can help you clear the way to safer sidewalks. It's the Greenworks Pro 60-volt cordless electric snowblower. It provides up to 30 minutes of runtime on a fully charged 4-amp-hour battery and charger that's included. This is a great tool because it allows you to quickly clear driveways, sidewalks, and patios. You're not dealing with any messy gas, any messy exhaust. In fact, did you know that Greenworks Tools is the official outdoor tool sponsor for Earth Day 2020? It's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day this year. Amazing. Really? Yep. And Greenworks is right there in the middle of it. That's fantastic. The Greenworks Pro 60-volt cordless electric snowblower is available at lowsandlows.com for $349. But guess what? We got one right here in the studio to give away to one lucky caller. Make that you. Pick up the phone. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 
Terry in Tennessee needs some help with a retaining wall problem. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Yes. Uh, I have a, um, a leak problem from, from a drain on my back end of my house. I have a full basement, and it's um, um, heated and cool, but I use it as a garage work area, etc. From my garage, there's a retainer wall uh, that goes past the end of my drive. It's about 20 yards long. I have two drain pipes at the bottom of that, and when it rains, well, mud is coming out, so undoubtedly it's stopped up, and I'm hoping that you can give me the name of some apparatus without digging out the whole entire back of the retainer wall. So the mud gets from behind the retainer wall and then comes out the bottom of it on the low side, and what, runs down your driveway or something? Yeah, the retainer wall is right at uh, the end of my driveway coming up from the street to the end of the house. So the solution here would have been in the way the retaining wall was built to to begin with, because behind the retaining wall, it sounds like there's a lot of dirt sort of pressed right up against it. The way to build this is dig down um, around the retaining wall, probably about two feet behind it, and then you're going to have stone that is about 12 inches uh, away from the retaining wall. Behind that, you'd have a filter cloth. And then behind that, you'd have soil. I'm talking vertically now. So uh-huh. up against the retaining wall, you have stone. Right behind the stone, you have filter cloth. Right behind that, you have the soil. And so if you don't have something like that, and you're getting a lot of dirt that just basically turned into mud running through the wall, then that's going to happen. Now, I guess your question is, is it really worth it to regrade the area behind the retaining wall to put in the proper type of drainage, drainage stone and so on, uh, or do you just put up with cleaning your driveway every once in a while? I mean, for me, I, I, if I bought into a house that was like that, um, I'd probably clean the driveway every once in a while. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's almost a constant thing when it rains, but uh, when the drain pipe, of course, it was put all the way around the house, uh, the the proper drainage factor, like the drainage pipe, the gravel over the pipe, uh, the cover over that, so it was all you know, done that way as right. far as uh, having that done. It's just over time, It's the house is 17 years old. Well, it started to to leak, and somewhere or another it filtered down into the to the drain pipe, which drains past my driveway, or it did at one time anyway. Well, I mean, you could always, you know, rerun those downspouts so that they're not discharging that close to the house. Uh, and keep them, you know, well away. That that could help you a bit as well. But it really comes down to how that soil is put together behind the wall. If that makes sense to you. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that was my question, and I thank you so much for your help. Bob in Oregon's on the line with a roofing question. What's going on? Well, I had some people uh, add a roof over a deck on the house, uh, making the deck into a porch. And they when they nailed the uh, the new ledger onto the old soffit. Uh, I had told them to uh, get up underneath the existing shingles uh, with flashing uh, to go over top of the new roofing and so forth for the water continuation, the drainage, and they didn't do that. Uh, I found out since then that there's probably a reason why they didn't, and that's because the old, the, new, the old roofing on the house is very, very well nailed down, about on two-inch centers, uh, and trying out all those nails uh, would be a problem. Uh, and so they just uh, put the new roofing up against as close as they could over top of the uh, the new ledger, uh, but it doesn't, of course it doesn't seal. So the water comes down the old roofing and it runs down between the two and down onto the deck, or down onto, onto the porch. 
and I heard you talking about a product that you were giving away or that you were going to have a drawing for or whatever, and I said, hey, that sounds like exactly what I might need, a liquid rubber. Yeah, you're talking about the Ames Blue Max, which is a great product, but it's not designed to patch a roof installation that was just done horribly wrong to begin with. And so my advice on this would be to fix it once, fix it right, and not and not have to deal with it again by making the proper roof repair, which in your case is going to involve pulling some of the roof material off of the um, off of the house so that you can take the roof from the overhang, the new overhang now, and work it up under those shingles properly. That's what I'm trying to avoid if I can because, of course, the, the, edge, the edge of the existing roof is tarred down pretty well. In fact, real well. Right. Because uh, I did that myself years ago, a few years ago. Uh, and it's nailed down very, very well. I understand that. But anything else is, is not going to be a permanent repair. And I, I really feel like removing that removing that roof is the right way to go here so that you have a properly flashed seam. And it's going to be important to keep that dry. Uh, it's going to prevent rot if the water leaks through there. And it's going to add to your home value because it'll be properly done. Well, space heaters can be a good way to save money on your heating bills, but only if they are used safely. First off, remember that space heaters should be used to provide supplemental heat only, and they should not be in place of your whole home heating system, because that's usually the common denominator when folks have heating fires that are caused by space heaters because they're trying to heat the entire place with one or two or three. That's true. And you also want to make sure that you don't use a space heater to warm your bedding, to cook food, thaw pipes, or even dry clothing. I mean, all of this sounds like a no-brainer, but if it hadn't happened somewhere somehow, we wouldn't be warning you about it at all. And it's also important to maintain a three-foot safety radius around that space heater so nothing combustible should get any closer. And finally, when you are buying space heaters, you want to look for devices with automatic shutoff features and heating element guards. And you also want to make sure to choose heating equipment that has the UL mark. Now, the UL mark on a product means that the underwriters, laboratories, technical staff members, they've tested the product thoroughly. They've made sure that it has no safety hazards. It's really all in your best interest. So look for that UL mark. And it's on the tag usually. It's sort of like holographic. You'll see it. And this is the kind of product you want to buy new, not buy used. I just bought one of these. It's actually the first kerosene heater that I've ever purchased for myself. And I'm using it in the wood shop, which is a detached building on our property that's about uh, 20 foot by about 30 foot, so about 600 square feet of space there. And we're able to heat the whole thing on one 23,000 BTU kerosene heater. Very oh, small that's fantastic. unit. Does a great job. Runs for hours, and I only, you know, I only have it out there when I need it. So uh, that's kind of that's the kind of space that's perfect for uh, for a space heater. Shawnee in North Carolina needs some help with a backyard problem. What's going on at your money pit? No, my room, when it would rain, all the water would drain toward the back because it's on the downslope. Right. And then I had some a contractor come in and connect all my downspouts and all to this black pipe, and they connected all of it and ran it out to one source toward the end you know, of that little creek. And in doing so, I mean, everything was fine. It worked fine. And they thought where I was having such water problems, they sort of made a horseshoe out of the black pipe with the styrofoam, you know, peanuts and all of that in it. But what they did when they dug around the horseshoe area, they found that that was dry because they figured if it was wet, it would drain and take care of the problem. But when they put that horseshoe in, wherever they put it, it was completely dry. 
and it was further down that they realized that I had underground spring. So all of my drain pipes, everything's draining perfectly, but it's one little problem I had with that underground spring. But is that underground spring rising up to the point where the yard is flooding? And how much how much flooding are we talking about here? Uh, it's not necessarily flooding, but it it's stays just wet. wet. I can't mow it. And there's a place about, uh, I'm going to say, 12 inches square, squarish maybe, that is has I don't think this is a problem worth solving. I think it's a fairly small area of the yard, and, and areas of the yard that get soft like that, yeah, the grass can be hard to cut sometimes. Sometimes you have to cut it by hand instead of using a, a you know power mower on it. But I don't think it's worth you doing anything about it. You would have to do some major, major work to try to uh, take the water that's collecting there and run it downstream and have it sit somewhere else. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a big issue. Lori, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We have a Chamberlain one-quarter horsepower garage door opener, and it has no remotes. We bought okay. the house as is, so we have no remotes for it. Also, it has a keypad on the outside, which I'm unable to use. So my question was, if I go to Home Depot or Lowe's, would a universal remote work, or do I have to call a garage door company out to sell us a Chamberlain remote and program it? Why don't you do this? Why don't you get the model number of the Chamberlain garage door opener, which is probably printed on the back of the unit, go to the Uh Chamberlain website, and get the owner's manual for the door opener. With that owner's manual, you should be able to program the keypad. It'll tell you the right sequence to do that. And also, you most likely can find out from Chamberlain exactly which remote is designed to work with that unit. Now, Chamberlain's a very good company, and in fact, they have a new technology that's called MyQ. And the cool thing about the MyQ technology is you can actually uh, put this MyQ unit in your garage, and then you'll be able to open and close your garage door with your smartphone. So they're way ahead of the game on this stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, too. Is this one too old to do that? Um, I think it actually works on every garage door opener that was built after 1996, so it may not be. It might be fine. I can't remember if it's 96 or 94. Yeah, it, it goes back over 10 years. Good. Okay, this, is, this one's about six years old. I think that's how I would proceed. I would not just go buy something and hope it works. I would do the research, and you'll figure it out. Okay, Lori? Okay, I'll go on their webpage. Thank you for the advice. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, stainless steel is still a hugely popular choice for kitchen appliances, but it can be really expensive. But if your dishwasher or your refrigerator still works great, but you need a new look, there is another option. You could consider faux stainless steel. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a sticky-backed film that once you apply it can instantly give your appliances or pretty much any smooth surface the look of stainless steel. You buy it by the roll. You know, depending on the vendor, it varies between the width from like 20 inches to 36 inches. So pay attention because seam placement can be difficult in trying to say, I'm really stainless steel if you've got a seam right up the middle of the dishwasher. So make sure that you're buying something that fits appropriately. Now, the only trick is making sure that you get it smooth and that's something that's a lot easier if the surface is clean. And I also like to use um, 
uh, woolly paint rollers, you know, the roller covers. Right. Mm-hmm. So as yep. I do it, I only peel off a little bit at a time because I use sticky back vinyl, you know, foam marbles a lot for things that work for surfaces and tabletops. And you want to only start with a little bit and constantly smooth it as you go along and peel back and sort of smooth down with that paint roller. And you can also get a squeegee, which almost looks like a plastic scraper. And sometimes I'll put a piece of adhesive felt on the edge just to make sure I'm not like poking at it and damaging the surface. So there are some tricks to the application of it. But if you start with a clean surface and you have the right tools, you'll probably have some success. Yeah. And if you don't trust your ability to apply that film straight, you could also spritz some water on the surface of it. And it takes a little longer to dry, but this way it lets you move the film around before it sets. The best part though is the last step. You can use a heat gun or hair dryer to dry that film and it tightens up really nicely and takes out any wrinkles that are in the entire surface. So, you know, with this product, you could pretty much do over an appliance for as little as maybe 20 or 30 bucks in materials and probably in less than an hour. It's a really cool idea if you want to just like spruce up the look of your appliances or maybe another space in your house uh, until you have the opportunity to buy the real stainless steel. Why not use the faux stainless steel? It looks good. And by the way, uh, Leslie, this comes in other types of finishes too, like granite, doesn't it? And marble? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's pretty much a sticky back vinyl or, you know, a faux film in every type of finish, whether it's a marble, a granite, you know, cork, different wood surfaces. You just really have to look for any sort of um, sometimes it's called shelf liner, but it's it's really not. And it's more so than that these days. Sticky back vinyl, adhesive, whatever the finish you're looking for. And I promise you online, you'll find a wealth of them. Just make sure you pay attention because some of them are printed images that really aren't the best quality image and it looks a little phony. So you want to look and see before and after images if they have it available on the website and make sure you're buying one that, you know, is viable or (laughs) realistic. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get back to the phones. The number is one eighty eight Money Pit. Heading over to Alabama now, where Mary is trying to remove some old caulk from a bathroom fixture. What's going on? Hi, I recently was trying to remove the caulk from around my bathtub okay. and cannot get it removed. I purchased one of the tools at um, Home Improvement Store, and it is so hard that it won't remove. And I'm worried about scratching the bathtub and the edge if I get a like a razor blade. Have you ever used a paint remover to move, remove layers of paint? Yes. Okay. Well, just like a paint remover will strip paint, there's a product called a caulk softener. And the caulk softener gets applied to the caulk, and it sort of reliquifies it, softens it up, and makes it a lot easier for you to scrape it out. So you want to apply the caulk softener first. Once it works and softens the caulk, clean it really, really well. The next thing you want to do is take a bleach and a water solution and wipe that seam down really well because you want to kill any bacteria that's in there. You want to make sure there's no mold spores that are left behind. And the next thing that you want to do is fill the tub with water. We always caulk tubs when they're full of water, and here's why. Because when the caulk dries, the the tub sort of comes back up. When you fill the tub with water, it sinks down. When you put the caulk in... Uh, let the caulk dry, then let the water out. The tub comes back up and compresses the caulk, and it's not likely to fall out again or pull apart again at the seam. Okay, so those are the steps you want to follow. Start with the caulk softener, wipe it down with bleach and water, fill the tub with water, caulk it. When the caulk dries, let the tub water out, and you're good to go. Okay, can you recommend a good caulk to replace it with? Um, I would take a look at the DAP products that include Microban. Microban is an additive that stops any mold from growing inside the caulk. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
We've got up for grabs the Greenworks Pro 60-volt cordless electric snowblower. Now, it's going to provide up to 30 minutes of runtime on a fully charged battery. comes with the battery and the charger. You can quickly clear your driveway, sidewalk, patios with a 20-inch clearing path, and it handles snowfalls up to 10 inches. That's really, you know, a good capability there of moving some snow around. That discharge chute rotates 180 degrees, so you can control where that snow goes to, and it discharges up to 20 feet in distance. With 7-inch rear wheels, it's super easy to get around those snowy surfaces. So this is a great green project for a wintry time of year. Absolutely. I love that there's no gas to mess with. It's not noisy. It's quiet because it's battery-powered, and it's just another example of the great tools that are produced by Greenworks Tools. Did you know that Greenworks Tools is the official outdoor power equipment sponsor of Earth Day 2020? And they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. 50th anniversary. Wow, that's crazy. I can't believe it's been around for so long. That's a great initiative and super timely as, you know, we have to make sure we take care of our Earth. And Greenworks is helping us do that every day with these fantastic electric tools. The Greenworks Pro 60-volt cordless electric snowblower is available at Lowe's and Lowe's.com for $349. But we've got one to give away to one listener. Make that you. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one 888 Pit. Jeff in Pennsylvania is on the line and has a question about the order of things when it comes to a roofing project. What can we do for you? wanted to check with a neutral third party to see <laughs> if they have any recommendations or if you'd have any recommendations on putting a, a heavy architectural shingle over top of an existing uh, three tab. It's very thin, very flat. Well, first of all, we generally don't like to put to recommend you put a second layer of roofing shingles on it, but it comes down to economics. Yeah, I will say this. If you put a second layer on, the second layer doesn't usually last as long as the first layer because the first layer holds a lot of heat, and that can, over the long haul, wear out the second layer because that heat is the enemy of the asphalt shingle. It forces more oil to evaporate out of it and more of the materials that, that make it pliable and watertight. And so second layers generally don't last as long as the first layers. The other thing to consider is how long you're going to be in the house because you'll probably have a shortened roof life. If it's a short-term house for you, maybe you don't care, you're trying to save some cash, then maybe you want to go ahead and put a second layer on. But the best way to roof a house is to tear off the old layers and put on a second layer. Weight is not an issue if that's what you're concerned about. Can it handle it? Yeah, it certainly can handle a second layer, but it's just not good building practice. Okay, thank you much. Good luck, Jeff. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, lots of us do our own form of container gardening in the way of house plants, but container gardening isn't just limited to a decorative element. With the right light, the right soil, and pot, you could actually grow herbs and even some vegetables all year long. Yeah, you know what, though? You're going to need a location with a lot of good lighting, sometimes as much as six hours of direct sunlight a day. You know, it depends on the vegetables you want to grow, but that's sort of the basis, six hours direct sunlight. You also need room for containers that are about 18 inches in diameter and at least 18 inches deep. Now, watering them is super important, so you'll need some sort of drainage. These are all sort of the key factors to successful indoor gardening. 
Yeah, and there's also many greenhouses that are really handy. You can find them online these days. And with more people doing container gardening, seed companies are also working on veggies that are specifically bred for those containers. So your chance of success is much higher when you're using products like that. So if fresh veggies sound good to you, give it a try. You could find yourself enjoying them all winter long. All right, let's head out to Arkansas where Ann's got a question about a hot water tank. What's going on, Ann? I have an unoccupied house. And the hot water heater is on a screened-in porch. It is partially protected on two sides. And the temperature is going to be down in the low teens for a couple of nights. And for 48 hours or so, uh, the temperature will not be above freezing. How long is the house going to be unoccupied, Ann? Oh, I don't know. I mean, is this the kind of thing where, you know, it could be this way for months? Yes. Well, if it's going to be that way for months, I would drain the water. I would drain the water heater. I would drain the plumbing system. And I would leave the heat on uh, a low setting because we don't want the building to swell. We don't want the doors to swell and that sort of thing. So I'd leave the heat on like around 55, 60 degrees. But I would definitely drain the plumbing system because there's really no point in leaving it on. And if you do, you could get a, a pipe freeze and a break. Does that make sense? Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You can also send us your question at moneypit.com. Just log on there, click on the button to submit a question. And that's what Jamie did who writes, I would love to install crown molding in my home, but I can't cut all the fancy corners, and the contractors want a fortune to install it. Are there any other options? Well, Leslie, crown molding is beautiful, but it is very tricky to cut the real stuff. Yeah, it can be tricky. You know, it's really sometimes a task that requires significant carpentry experience as well and sort of some specialized tools. You know, you've got to be capable enough to make compound miter cuts. And for those who want crown molding without the hassle, you can actually buy foam crown moldings. It's an excellent alternative. And I tell you, once they're up and painted and if you, you know, use some caulk to seal the top and bottom edges, you can kind of buy them as real wood as long as you're not looking up there. They're attractive. They're lightweight. They're really easy to handle. Now, now, the corners generally are the most difficult part of any crown molding installation, and these are pre-cut, so it makes the installation very, very easy. Again, caulk the surfaces. It really is a great way to make something super special without a tremendous amount of skills and without getting a whole bunch of new tools as well. Yeah, because if you were to cut the real thing, you would essentially be cutting a compound miter, and that is something that's very difficult even for pros to do, and you need the right tools, and you're not going to cut it with backsaw. I got to tell you, it's not going to be done with a handsaw. You need the right kind of power equipment. So foam crown moldings really do offer a really good alternative and they look terrific. Yeah, it really is a way that you will feel so successful with your project. Well, are mice using your home as their winter getaway? If so, Leslie's got tips to help keep those furry creatures away from your house in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Take it away, Leslie. Yeah, you know, guys, the first step sounds kind of obvious, but you got to keep a clean house. Mice and rats and the like are going to make their way into your home to keep warm. But if they find a buffet waiting for them, they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So make sure you sweep up crumbs and store dry foods like cereals or pet foods in sturdy containers that they can't chew through. Now, rodents are not picky. You know, one time we had a pest control pro visit the house, and he told me that he found rats in a homeowner's garage. Now, get this. They were feeding on the grease and the drippings among the lava rocks in the gas grill. I mean, that's insane. So think about these weird places that they're going to find something to eat. 
You also want to make sure that you keep trash covered. You want to empty indoor containers often. Go ahead and cut down on any nesting sites around your house, like piles of wood, stacks of newspapers, cardboard boxes, things like that, and keep items off of the floor inside and away from your foundation outside. Now, you have to remember, mice, they can squeeze through places as small as a dime. That is ridiculously tiny, and I'm talking about a regular-sized mouse can find their way through that. So seal up potential spaces with some steel wool, and pay attention to areas around pipes, your vents, and your ducting, because those are spaces that they can squeeze through as well. And there's also some baits out there that are designed to eliminate rodent infestations, and they work well as long as you follow instructions and keep your kids and pets away from it. And remember, the best way to do that is with a bait station. These are going to let the pests in, but keep them inside and keep your pets safely away. So lots of different things that you can do, but just make sure you keep a tidy home, clean things up quickly, and hopefully you don't end up with some furry friends sharing your warm space for with you this winter season. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, if you've been paying some really high heating bills and perhaps your furnace is on its way out or you're ready for a new one, we're going to give you some tips on what to look for as you shop for a more efficient appliance, including what kind of warranty you should get so it keeps going and going and going. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 